why would someone use their IRA to buy real estate? Mm. And that is one of the most common assets people use with a self-directed IRA, which is what we do. By the way, your IRA doesn't have to just own stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. It can own real estate, private companies, small business, private Mm. funds, crypto. These are all assets your IRA can own. It's not a race. Take your time. You don't have to completely restructure the assets in your IRA tomorrow. Uh, Just start asking yourself those questions. Do I want more? Should I expect more? Can I learn? Do I have some time to dedicate to this? When will I have some time to dedicate to it? Welcome everyone to the Directed IRA podcast. Today's episode, we are going to get into it and talk about what is a good deal or investment for your IRA. Yeah, and on the face of it, you wouldn't find anybody that's licensed under the SEC to even try to answer that on a podcast (laughs) because they get so slapped with the lawsuit so quickly or fired by their broker-dealer to try to give any sort of investment advice. They couldn't do it. So we're not not licensed financial investment advisors. We can tell you what we think. Yeah. We're not going to tell you what to buy, but what to look for. Yeah, we're tax and business lawyers. We have a trust company directed IRA where you can choose what you want to invest into. So we're going to go over some of the asset categories and talk about what can you buy in your IRA? And is this going to be a good deal in your IRA? And the reason I wanted to hit this today is just yesterday, I was on a podcast with a real estate group. It's a, it's a big real estate podcast. And they're like, "What is? why would someone use their IRA to buy real estate? And that is one of the most common assets people use with a self-directed IRA, which is what we do. By the way, your IRA doesn't have to just own stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. It can own real estate, private companies, small business, private Mm -hmm. funds, crypto. These are all assets your IRA can own. But why would real estate, this is the specific question on that show, be a good asset for your IRA? And we want to break this down, but I just want to get a quick answer on the front end of this is because I think it's going to provide a greater return. There's other reasons, but that's numero uno one is whatever you're buying with your IRA, whether it's a stock, a mutual fund, real estate, a big real estate fund, the single family rental down the street, the property you're going to flip, the number one criteria and the most important thing on your mind needs to be, it's going to provide the greatest return. That's my ROI, return on investment. And if your bond or your ETF is going to projected to get you seven or 8% this year, why not look at something that could bring in 10, 12, or 14%? Maybe you're going to do some hard money loans in a first deed trust position that's very, yeah. very safe. And I just did one of those today myself in my own account. Twelve <laughs> percent interest, two points. <laughs> oh, I love those. So here here, so with that said, okay, let's go in with some general uh rules or guidelines. And I think this is important for everybody. Um one, what's a good deal for your IRA? You have to ask yourself, how much bandwidth do I have to uh, to give to this investment concept? It, a real estate could be a great deal for your IRA, and you may even have a real estate deal in mind, but you don't have the bandwidth to do your due diligence properly and v- you make the transition. Yeah. You want to, but maybe this first quarter or Q1 or Q2 of 2024 is not the right quarter to do it, but it could be on your objective before year end to deploy that IRA better. And so I think you have to assess how much time is this going to take? Do I have the bandwidth for it? Am am, am I really, we'll come to do it. Let's let's give some examples here because I think it's helpful. That's a really important point on the front end. I'll just take myself, for example, and I know some even examples I can give on your end too on this is um, the first deal I did was just a buy and hold rental. 
I'm busy. We got over 100 employees between our organizations. Okay. We're running businesses that are growing fast. We're focused on those, but we're still investing. And I want to grow my retirement account. I bought a buy and hold rental. It's not sexy. It was a three bedroom, two bath, but you know what? It had a property manager. I had to do very little once I bought the thing. Okay. Now you could be like, now I know you did a fix and flip deal, yeah. right? With um, someone else's retirement account. and yeah. you, But then you had someone who was working the deal. So you'd have to get involved in it, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I did my cows in an IRA. I bought yes. five cows that ended up being 15 cows. But you had someone. You had, had the cowboy, the rancher, yep. the farmer, yep. whatever. Yeah. John Dutton. He was going to manage yeah. my herd for me. Mm-hmm. And my IRA bought the cows. Yeah. And then I put them on his ranch. Yeah. Did you have to negotiate with his daughter? Uh, yeah. Who she cut was, the she deal? She was a hard ass. Or did yeah. you get to go to Jamie and kind of I, cut your deal? Yeah. I went I went to Jamie and said, can you get me in? Yeah. Okay. And so Jamie hooked me up. Beth was not going to work yeah, with Beth, me on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, that's a true uh, investment uh, I did was a ranching investment. But here's what I'm getting at. Do you have a ranching contact? Do you have a real estate property manager contact? Do you, do you have someone in an asset class that you're interested in that yeah. can make it easy for you? If you don't, don't give up on the whole proposition. Just yeah. say, okay, I've got a little longer timeline. I want to get there by the end of the year. I'm going to start putting out my feelers. And I swear, if you put a post-it on your mirror, I will invest in my IRA in real estate by the end of the year. Guess what the universe is going to bring you? Yeah. <laughs> Deals. It just does. Yeah. So manifest it. Say, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it on the right timeline. And I'm going to be... Yeah have realistic expectations on my contacts and how much time it's going to yeah, take. But you actually do need to take some action, you know? Yeah. I mean, besides just throwing the post-it note up there and <laughs> thinking about it, you need to take some action. And I'm just saying, like, the reason I gave the single family rental example is what did that require? I needed to know a real estate broker that did work with real estate investors. Yeah. That was pretty much it. I told him, go find me a rental property because he was doing them in the area himself. And I found a good deal. It turned out to be a great deal. Now, um, but now there's more you can do. And this is where I want to say, because even on the podcast the other day where I was the guest, I said, you know what, that that's great. I had a great return on that property. I had over a 200% return on that property over a five-year window. Awesome return. Now, could I have made more money on that? Yeah, I probably could have flipped that property faster. And maybe you're someone who's like, I do fix and flips already, personally. Well, you could use a retirement account to do it in a more tax-efficient way, and you actually get a greater return on investment. But that's not everybody. And that requires you to have that expertise and that time to commit to it, that network. Do you have all the subs that are going to come in and do the work and fix it up? You know, can you know how to analyze those deals? Do you, you have something that can help sell? Like there's, there's a lot more moving parts to that. So whatever your deal is, and everybody starts at a different spot, um, is that a good deal for your IRA? Is I like to think of think of where you're at. What are the contacts and expertise that you have? What do you already know? Maybe you already maybe you already own some rental properties and you're a rental mm-hmm. property investor already. You know that. It's the same analysis. We're just using it in a retirement account now and doing it for long-term wealth building. If, if you think you can pull off a fix and flip because you have that expertise, you've done it before, you have the right contacts, that's a great lane that can create a much higher ROI than being in a mutual fund. Okay. I love it. That's where I wanted to go second. And you said it uh, in a particular way. I'm going to say it in a different way. And let's review. Number one. If you want better returns in your IRA, you have to ask yourself, how much time am I willing to commit to this? Now, that was my first point. Just be realistic on how much time you want to dedicate to this and how important it is to you. Some of you are like, I'm fine with 7%. I've got too much crap going on in my life. I can live with that for two more years. And then I'll tackle a more uh, productive ROI inside my and, Roth. And can I just interject there? Because that's what Wall Street 
That's how they win. That's why all the money in retirement accounts for the most part is in wall street Mm -hmm. because they have not preyed on, but they've been the beneficiary of people being like, ah, it's too hard. It's too complicated. I'm just going to take the easy path, write in an ETF or a stock, you know, and I'm just going to let it kind of set it and forget it. But I'm just telling you, there's $33 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts. There's more money here to invest in anything. It's more likely you're going to have 100 k in a retirement account to put to work to invest and grow your wealth than you are in an investment or savings account. Don't think you just have to buy an ETF or a mutual fund. You can use that money to invest in things you know that you think can have a greater return than the stock market. You can buy real estate, small business, private funds. These are assets your IRA can own. Yeah, and if you're going to set it and forget it, let me just... We're still on point number one here in a big way, and that is assessing your time commitment to this process, which is a big one. Because once you say, yeah, I got some time to invest in this or go for a better ROI in my Roth, oh, we're going to get to two, three, and four. Yeah. But, but number one is a big one because it, it, it really separates the men from the boys. You really want to decide where you want to go uh, on this. Ladies from the daughters, whatever. Girls. <laughs> girls, girl. girl, ladies from the girls. But um, so- if you are going to just set it and forget it, can I emphasize enough an S&P 500 indexed fund? All right. Now, number two, let's say, okay, I've got some time to dedicate this. I like what Matt just said, and that is invest in something you know. Do you have some sort of industry angle? Mm. We talked about the real estate thing, but maybe you own a restaurant and you're talking to the delivery guy that's delivering your uh, a lot of your food product and he's looking for a new, another truck. And you're like, hey, my IRA will buy that truck and you can rent it from me or I'll, Hey, I'll help invest in the expansion of your delivery business. See, so you're, you're in the industry, you see an opportunity, let your IRA invest in it. And that's very, very common. Your IRA can invest in a small business on main street that might have an ancillary relationship to your business. And as long as you're not a personal owner of that, you're, you, there's very few prohibited transactions to worry about. Now our lawyers help you set it up and how to structure it uh, very affordably, may I yeah. add, but Invest in what you know. And yeah. I like that. That was your second point. Yeah. And I, I love the invest in what you know. And I say the largest accounts we have, the people with the 10 million plus types of Roth IRA accounts in particular, they invest in what they know. And you know what? It's all different stuff. It's not the same thing. That's the thing with self-directing. These are all unique assets. We're not going to be like, buy this, buy that. It's like, it's different for everybody. But I like with that example too of like, it can be the stuff in your community that's right in front of you. You just haven't thought about it for your IRA, you know? And so that pot of money can be used to invest in these quote unquote alternative assets. The other thing I'll say on um, investing what you know is, I mean, I'll just give some other quick examples. Yeah, you know? yeah sure. Um, I remember I had these dentists, a group of dentists that invested in some like mouthpiece, you know, new thing, you know, startup that was creating this mouthpiece, the dentists sell it and it's been very successful. And, um, but that's what they knew. They're like, I know that's going to work. And I know the common person out there that's getting pitched to invest might not know that that thing's going to work, but they're seeing these patients with these issues and all of a sudden, and they knew it would work and that it would sell. And so you can have these little niches. I got tech people that invest in tech companies and they have their niches and they know that it's going to work. And so think of the areas of your expertise where you have some competitive advantage against every other investor. Um, And I think that's where you should be looking to deploy your capital. Love it. Um, Now, may I propose... Number three. So you've said, this is important to me. I've got a little bandwidth to dedicate to this. Number two, I'm going to start looking for opportunities of things I know, understand, and uh, and might present a unique opportunity. Um, Number three is I want to say, get educated. 
And it's really simple. If you're listening to this podcast, you're already doing number three. And that is understanding what my options are, how to do it, how affordable it is, how expensive it is, what are the steps, because you want to be able to pull the trigger and you want to feel empowered. Um, it was a funny thing. You, you've heard me say it before mm-hmm. is that I was talking to this Texan that was in this big investment deal and, and I was helping him with the LLC and there was four or five partners. And all of a sudden he called me one day and said, deal's over. Deals off. And I was like, oh, okay. And he paid his bill and we regrettably wasted two or three hours in the process of trying to put this partnership together. And I said, well, what happened? And he goes, yeah, I just realized I was the, um, I was the dumbest person at the table and I don't like that. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, Mark, there's always dumb money in a deal. And if I look around the table and I can't figure out who the dumb person is on this deal and I know more than someone else, then that must be me. And so I got out. <laughs> so uh, it was just, it, it just didn't feel right to him because he didn't feel comfortable with the strategy that edu- he didn't feel educated enough to do the due diligence he wanted to. And so I think that's really that next mm-hmm. step. And, and I, you can clump it in there with due diligence, you know, yeah. really do your homework, understand what point. you're doing and why Yeah, you can't just think someone else is going to do it for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is sometimes when you're investing with others in particular, and we've done a top 10 due diligence list, particularly when you're investing with others, whether you're lending to someone or investing in someone's private fund or their startup or small business is like, what's your diligence process that you're going to go through? So check out those podcasts. That's a super important part of this, obviously, is because we want to get this money back. (laughs) Not only we want, first and foremost, we want to get the money back we're investing. And then we obviously want a great return as well. But I'll give a different example too, because even at our Alt Asset Summit, I have an Alt Asset Summit be in October this year in Phoenix, okay. altassetsummit.com, uh, if you want to watch the recordings. But we had a speaker, Lisa, that spoke um, from Tech Coast Angels. She's president of Tech Coast Angels, Orange County. And she spoke on VCs, and she has made a great point. She said, hey, you can invest in, in one angel investments. Those are like very early startups where you're an angel investor. Typically, these companies are not off the ground yet. They don't have a viable product. They don't have customers. But you want to get in on the first Uber. And she's like, you can invest in one of them. Your most likely outcome is you will go to zero. But she's like, you know what? If you invest in 10, your most likely outcome, and they have the numbers and stats for for the deals they've done, about 20% return. And she's like, because one of those 10 is going to go big. A couple of them are going to maybe double. The rest are going to wipe out. But the returns on the few that make it make up for the ones that lose. And there's, you just need to know the risk profile and what you're getting at. But there's a lot of people in that startup space that like that, that can spread it out. And so and there's also VC funds that you can invest in that are buying 10 or 20 deals. So where you get that risk spread. So um, know kind of the strategy you're going into and don't be like, in that example, you could be the dumb money of the one person making one investment in venture guys, your most likely outcome is it's going to be zero. Maybe it's the next Uber, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Um, but um, so that's a really important point too. Um, next, I think when you say, is this a good investment for my IRA? I think you've got to really evaluate your overall investment portfolio. Um, and this goes back to what Matt just said, and I love it, about risk. And I, I don't want to sound like a talking head on, and Fox finance news, whatever in, but your risk approach across everything needs to, you got to look at it. Mm-hmm. Do I want to be overly aggressive in my retirement account or maybe in my individual space? I want to be aggressive and let my Roth 
or my IRA be a little more conservative? And what type of investments are easier for me in my Roth? Maybe I'm just going to stick with notes in my retirement account and go invest in that small business down the street with after-tax money and and Mm -hmm. hold it individually. And so you, you want to look at the big picture. What are my goals here? Am I continuing to contribute to my IRA? Am I continuing to contribute to my Roth? What are my goals with my retirement account? And just have a very holistic picture uh, because going after the biggest rate of return could also mean more risk than you're used to. And what are you doing in your other areas of your life to to cover that that spread just to be, make sure you're okay? Yeah. Um all right, let me hit the next one, which I think is those that are trying to get tax-free wealth. You're going to typically use a Roth IRA. This could be a Roth 401k, but remember with the Roth accounts, you put the money in, you don't get a tax deduction, but it grows and comes out tax-free at retirement. As you're making money in this thing, you don't pay taxes. Then when you pull it out at retirement at 59 and a half, there's no tax on the way out. Mm-hmm. I want to give one example of this. I've shared this before on the podcast, but it's a good one for this strategy and this thinking of, guys, I already know how to make money. I already know good deals. I got good deal flow. I got good investment options. I'm already doing this outside of my retirement account. How can I do it in a more tax efficient manner? You can use a Roth account because now it'll be totally tax free. So I had a client, and this is an early client that wanted to use a Roth IRA to do an option to purchase property and then flip the option contract. He didn't want to buy the property because he didn't have enough money in his Roth, but he had at least 10 grand. So we had his Roth IRA go get an option on a piece of land. This was agricultural land against a highway. His Roth IRA paid 10 grand for it. It had the rights to purchase the property for about 400K and it paid $10,000 to the right for the rights to buy this over a five-year window at a purchase price of around $400,000. Now the landowner was like, this probably is worth 300. I don't care. I'll get, let you buy it from me in five years at 400 grand and I'll take your $10,000 to let you, you have that much. right. Thank yep. you very much. <laughs> and, but what my client knew is the county and state, we're going to put in a highway exit there and it was going to turn into freeway highway commercial property. And that it was prime place to be built out for a service station, gas, you know, subway, whatever, all that stuff that's off the highway. And so, well, that's what happened in two to three years. That thing came in and that property went from being worth 300 K approximately to being worth over one and a half million. Well, he sold his option for over a million dollars that went back into his Roth IRA. He took a ten, made a $10,000 investment from his Roth IRA and turned it over a million-dollar return. Now, he could have done that in a traditional account. He could have done that with personal money. But why did he use a Roth IRA? This client was in his 50s. That money comes out tax-free at 59 and a half. Tax-free. He paid no tax when he sold that option for over a million-dollar profit. If he did this in his personal name, he might have kept six hundred, seven hundred thousand of that yep. million dollar profit, but because he used the Roth, you got to keep every penny. Now, for those types of clients that get deal flow like that, that see that, or even people that just want to get tax free returns, period, and build tax free wealth, that is the Roth account. That's why people are attracted to self directing and using a Roth. Oh man, love it! I just get sucked into that story every time. I'm just sitting here <laughs> at, the, at your feet, going, "Oh, I love it! It's such a great story." Um, Next, I just a couple final points here. Some of you out there, when you hear buying real estate in your IRA, and we're saying is, frankly, we're, what we're saying here or asking is real estate a good deal for your IRA? There are naysayers out there, so mm-hmm. I want to I want to hit some of these objections. Uh, some naysayers will say, "Well, you've got this tax called UDFI, unrelated debt financed income, because you use debt in the real estate acquisition. Or you've got UBIT, unrelated business income tax, because you actually bought 
uh, a real estate project that's flipping or construction or, and things like this. And by the way, you're not even going to get depreciation because don't you want depreciation on your personal return? Your IRA can't use it because it's tax-free or it's tax-deferred or whatever. And so they just poo-poo real estate altogether. And what do they sell you instead? Life insurance. And that's their take. Stay out of real estate. You know, go buy life insurance. In fact, let's drain your 401k and go buy tax deferred or tax-free life insurance. <laughs> we need to still do a show on that one. But um, that's a common pitch. Well, here's what my take is. Don't worry about whether or not your IRA gets depreciation or not. And don't worry if if your IRA has to set up a little blocker C corporation and pay 20% in tax because it's got UDFI or operational income, that's okay. Look at the net return. That's it. If your IRA buys real estate and has to pay UDFI or your IRA uh, buys real estate and doesn't get depreciation, don't worry about it. What's the net return? In Matt's example, where he bought that little single family home, he had a 200% return over five years. Okay, great. Wonderful. Did he care about depreciation along the way? Nope. Did he have to deal with some UDFI or did he do a 1031 or some other things? Sure, there's things to consider on that. But overall net return was triple what he would have gotten in an ETF or a mutual fund. Focus on the ROI. Don't focus on the naysayers that are trying to get you off track. They want to sell you something else. When someone's not saying real estate's a good idea in your Roth IRA, ask them what they think is and what they'd rather have you do with your money. Yeah. And if there's not a self-interest in their answer, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Also, it's just like anything with entrepreneurship. The most you're going to want to start a small business and you go talk to 10 of your friends, you know, nine of them are going to be like, you're crazy. That'll never work. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, um, so, but I, I think just focus on the numbers and what you know. <laughs> and, and I think the biggest message here is a lot of people just haven't even considered these assets real estate, small business, private companies, private funds, private equity, venture capital, crypto. They haven't even thought about that. I'm not saying what you should buy within those categories. That's not our message. We're just saying you can buy them in your retirement account. This 33 trillion in US retirement account dollars does not just have to be owning mutual funds. And so when you see these deals, you see these opportunities, and that's the thing with self-directing, it's all unique. There's bad real estate deals, there's good real estate deals, and there's freaking amazing real estate deals. And so you, when you see the ones that can work, Remember, your retirement account can take advantage of that opportunity. And that's what we've done every day here as we're trying to build this out, this content for the Direct Diary podcast. We're, I don't know, we up to 100 episodes yet on, on this. Um, there's a lot of content there. I would say if you're new to this, go listen to the first 10 episodes. Mark and I break it down. I've got my book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook. I've got over 100 citations to court cases. We're tax lawyers. We're business lawyers. We've been doing this ourselves with our own retirement accounts. We have $1.5 billion in assets at our trust company, Directed IRA, 15,000-plus account holders. And so we are in the mix on this, true experts in the space. And we just want to make sure you know you have options. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, don't give up. Um, in the process, I alluded to this, if not said it directly on my first mm. recommendation, and that is, it's not a race. Take your time. You don't have to completely restructure the assets in your IRA tomorrow. Uh, just start asking yourself those questions. Do I want more? Should I expect more? Can I learn? Do I have some time to dedicate to this? When will I have some time to dedicate to it? Because trust me, you're going to wake up five years from now and wish you had if you haven't. So start now doing the little things that just change your trajectory just a few degrees. You don't have to 
again, turn your whole life upside down. We're not asking you to do that. We're just asking you to take a look in the mirror and um, put your IRA up in the mirror. Go, I like this. Oh, yeah. yeah so we're, we're, we're here for you. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here next week with some more ideas and strategies and education on how to take advantage of investing in your retirement accounts. And uh, we want to just wish you the best. Keep living the American dream. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Stay calm. Self-direct on.